0: Good morning. It is about 5 a.m. on Thursday, March 26th. I just got up. I threw on my running clothes. I'm just going to go for a quick jog before I leave for my shift in the emergency department. So I'll check in with you in a little bit.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Lonely Hour. It's Julia here with our final coronavirus diary. This one's from Mary Elizabeth Suarez. She's 37 years old, lives in San Francisco with her husband Hector and their son Nate, who is one. And she works the day shift as a nurse in Stanford Hospital's emergency department, arriving at 7.30 in the morning and leaving at 8 p.m. Stanford is well equipped, and Mary Elizabeth feels fortunate. But she's also starting to get nervous.
2: I Found myself doing this thing where I take a big swallow just to like, okay, does my throat hurt? Does it not hurt? Do I feel like I have fever? I haven't checked my temperature, but I feel fine. (laughs) But I'm sure a lot of people will fine too before they come out that they tested positive.
1: On another note, she says, it's an exciting time for emergency medicine.
2: This is what we do. This is part of our job to respond in times like this.
1: Mary Elizabeth and I met in college. She was studying art history and wanted to work in an art gallery. But after we graduated, she went home to Chattanooga, Tennessee to help take care of her mother, who was dealing with breast cancer.
2: My sister and I, my aunt took shifts caring for her. And that was where people first started asking me. They were like, Are you a nurse? I was like, Oh no, I am an art history major. I'm gonna to move to New York after this, that's where all my friends are. I'm just doing this for now.
1: Mary Elizabeth lost her mother the summer of two thousand five. Her father would pass ten years later. But that summer after college she told him,
2: Hey, dad, I think I think I wanna take some prerequisites for nursing school. He was like I think that's a great
1: idea. Fast forward to now, she's been an ER nurse for about a decade. You never really know what your day is going to look like in this line of work. Your training prepares you to handle whatever comes through that door. But this? This is like a whole new job. There are a lot of unknowns with coronavirus, more than Mary Elizabeth is comfortable with. We need to save our PPE. But we also need to be really familiar with it when we have to use it. There's a new face shield with little clips around the forehead that are difficult to fasten, especially when you're in a hurry. One little snap can make the difference between being exposed to the virus or not. Yeah, it's tricky. It's how can we prepare ourselves without being wasteful. What happens when a patient with coronavirus comes in and needs to be intubated immediately? The last thing Mary Elizabeth wants to worry about is whether or not she can successfully protect herself. Apparently, the ethics committee is
0: now reviewing these cases, trying to figure out what we do when we have those scenarios when a patient needs a life-saving intervention like intubation. We have the staff, but we don't have the proper masks, shields. What would we do? Do you intervene and intubate this patient, even though they have the virus and potentially risk exposure? Or do you wait for the equipment? What do you do? I don't know.
1: The day got busy, so Mary Elizabeth couldn't record. But she checked in with us on her drive home that night.
2: Thinking about some of the family members that we had to turn away and let them know that since their are dealing with our patients going to be admitted that they can't stay with them in the hospital. Some people have started crying and I'm just trying to explain to them, this is just the steps that we have to take to stop the spread of the virus. And easy for us to understand, but hard for them to understand. when all they want to do is be with their family member and more the bad guys that have to tell them that. Some of the other stuff that is just frustrating is a big problem. Is keeping these masks and goggles and other PPE locked up, and we as nurses are having to keep it at our desk because people are stealing it, which is just wild. It's so crazy. Everybody understands the gravity of the situation, and people are still stealing PPE and misusing it. the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, if you're not using this for an essential reason, this could take away from someone in a few weeks who needs it. We have staff who, like me, are moms and husbands, wives, friends, and caretakers, and we're the ones who have to keep it locked up. And I would just rather... I have to have that role. That's just the situation that we're
1: in. Once she gets home, Mary Elizabeth removes her scrubs, jacket, and shoes, and throws them in the washing machine, which is located in the garage. She disinfects her hands before she leaves the hospital, of course, but once she's inside her apartment, she takes a shower before doing anything else. Tonight, that something else is sleep. But she reflects on the day before lights out. I think I have a
0: little extra something, you know, I've had both of my parents pass away in hospitals and so you understand that little things can have a huge impact in the emergency department where if you're a patient there, it's most likely your worst day. And if you're a family member there or friend, you're there to be supportive and you just want to be there for them. And as the nurse, you can very easily make that easy and as comfortable as possible or not. You know, I've definitely seen it go both ways. I just feel like in a way I honor my parents when I go to work, just by caring for patients in the same way that I would care for my parents. So yeah, I'm just gonna tuck in and hopefully everybody will rest well and just get ready for our another day of shelter in place here in San Francisco and yeah. All right, good night. My son, Nate, woke up early, so I'm just going to go get him out of his room, which I'm excited because I don't always get to see him before I leave. Good morning. Hi. Hi how's your baby? Hello. How are you? Did you sleep good? Did you sleep good? Mama. Yeah, your mama.
1: Good morning. Did you Hi. Anna. Now, Mary Elizabeth is on her drive to the hospital for another 12 hour shift. She feels fortunate that Stanford hasn't seen the influx of patients that New York hospitals have. She's also grateful not to have to worry about getting access to goggles or gowns, at least for now. She's volunteered in developing countries, and she knows what that can be like. But still, learning and immediately implementing these new procedures, it's taxing. Gowned and masked nurses screen patients as they drive up to the ER. Those who present symptoms of coronavirus are directed to a negative pressure room that's separate from the rest of the hospital. Every time a nurse enters and exits those private rooms, he or she must remove and then put back on protective equipment in a particular order. As the volume of patients increases, these extra steps will become complicated. Another handful of nurses is stationed in a blocked-off portion of the parking garage to swab those patients who don't have symptoms but who were exposed. Those patients stay in their cars the whole time. Nurses wheel a computer up to their windows, and they can communicate with a doctor via telemedicine if they have any concerns that Mary Elizabeth and her team can't answer.
2: I think the overall vibe right now definitely has an air of exhaustion with it because taking on and off and trying to for these patients with all this extra equipment, it's different and it's just laborious. It just takes a lot of extra time. You know, as ER nurses, we like things done quickly, we like things done efficiently, and this is not quick, I can tell you. And then these poor patients that have nothing to do with coronavirus, have to come in for true emergencies. You know, car accidents are still happening. Drug overdoses are still happening. Ruptured appendices are still happening.
1: No one from Stanford's emergency department has tested positive yet. Some workers have had to quarantine because they were exposed, but everyone's healthy so far. Things are a little more hectic in the ER today, though. As I predicted... Several
0: critical patients coming in, having to shuffle, move some people around to make sure that we're caring for these patients in private rooms. Not a lot of heads up, like five minutes to move someone out, prep their room, let the nurse know, get the equipment that you need in the room. So just a lot of shuffling and thinking quickly, is this the right room for the patient? Is there gonna be a different group of doctors now managing the care? This job just requires you to really be knowledgeable about your scope of practice. As they come in, patients that you didn't think had any symptoms of coronavirus then all of a sudden do. So all of the staff having to quickly make adjustments and put on masks or face shields or move other patients out of the room that they're sharing so that they're
1: not infected or exposed. It's a lot of plates to spin. Mary Elizabeth gets a quick break to take some deep breaths, let her eyes kind of adjust, and drink some water.
0: A couple of the nurses who used to work at some hospitals in New York, Columbia Hospital in Brooklyn, we found out what was going on there, and yesterday we started raising some money to send them some really good pizza. And I think today they said we raised over (laughs) $3,000, which is a lot of pizza, and that's awesome. I think just one of the common themes of this virus is how the healthcare workers are rallying together. We are all so supportive of one
1: another. It's such a strange time for all of us, but only healthcare workers know the particular stresses of caring for sick people right now and what it feels like to put themselves at such risk every day they're at work.
2: My husband every day reminds me as I walk out the door please wear your mask, please wear your gloves, wash your hands. He didn't used to say that before. I think we're all a little nervous about the possibility of me getting sick. I'm obviously in a really high risk profession. And this virus is scary. I have this beautiful family at home that I would be devastated
1: to leave if I got
0: sick, or even worse, if I infected one of them. Hi. hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> Do you want to say hi to Julia? Uh, hi, Julia. Do you have anything to say about this coronavirus or me working at the hospital?
1: I don't like it. Well, I don't like the virus. I do like that you're working at the hospital, helping people. Oh
0: yeah, okay. That's it. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to shower and tuck in and yeah, just get ready to go again tomorrow. Good night.
1: Good night.
0: So, it's about 10:30. It's a little later than I wanted to go to sleep, but I was working on my end-of-shift report that I am required to send to the management team after my shift in charge. I didn't think it was going to take me very long, but it turns out I had a lot to say about today, so I just finished that. Hector is still in the living room, working on some things, and Nate is asleep on the monitor, um just watching him. I just feel glad that I was able to get up and go to work and maybe make somewhat of a difference or impact in the lives of these patients that are sick with this virus or that we're trying to figure out if they're sick with the virus. They're scared and their families are scared. I'm hopeful that this won't be part of our new normal, but we just don't know. Things definitely feel like they're changing. I don't know if this is just something that's temporary or if this is how it's going to be in the emergency rooms from now on, seasonally. There's just a lot of speculation.
1: A few weeks after she finished her initial recordings, Mary Elizabeth had a bit of a scare.
2: I got a phone call this morning from our occupational health nurses telling me that I had been exposed to a patient who wasn't properly masked who had later tested positive in the hospital. She was a patient. So they let me know about this patient because I was somewhere on her chart.
1: Initially, she wasn't too concerned. She'd had the sniffles, but her team had done a good job protecting both workers and patients. But as she looked at Nate, Mary Elizabeth remembered the patients whose symptoms started out mild. She decided to get tested.
2: Whoa, That swab is no joke. I've seen it done a lot of times and I see people's reaction, but it's always different when it's yourself. It hurt. It made me cry. I literally had tears in my eyes and I had a baby last year, so I'm no stranger to pain, but I was surprised and my nose still kind of hurts, honestly.
1: It was negative. Mary Elizabeth does not have coronavirus.
2: Anyways, I'm almost home. I can see the bridge. It's this beautiful sunsetting evening. It's the golden hour here in the city, and I'm gonna go home and have some yummy home-cooked meals because that is what we do these days. I'm missing my friends. I'm missing going out to dinner. I'm missing the playground. With Nate. I'm missing story hour. Miss you. Yeah. I want this to get over with soon.
1: Thank you, Mary Elizabeth King Suarez, for sharing with us and for taking care of us. And thanks to Hector and Nate for letting us have her for a bit. We know your time is precious. I love you all. That's it for the Lonely Hours Coronavirus Isolation Diary miniseries. This episode and all of the episodes were produced by me, Julia Bainbridge, mixed and sound designed by Keith J. Nelson, illustrated by Peyton Turner, and made better with the help of Carrie Ann Thomas. The show's theme song is by Chris McLeod. Until next time, take care of yourselves. And please, take care of each other.